Welcome everybody for a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Talk. This is Aurelien. I'm here with my co-hosts, uh, Glenn and Darcy. And today we're going to cover um, a question that uh, people may wonder, and it's what could you do with $10,000, and a million dollars. So we're going to go around and, and tackle uh, those different amounts and uh, come up with ideas that uh, of what you could do, you know, if uh, depending on which category you belong to. And uh, Glenn, do you want to start with the $10,000? Sure. And I, I think like Darcy and Ari just jump in here and we'll just keep moving this around, right? Because um, I think we have, I'm, I'm thinking we're going to have some similar ideas. Maybe not, maybe, maybe completely different. Um, but anyway. This, this was a listener question. So um, a lot of times we hear $10,000 doesn't sound like a lot of money, right? And um, honestly, we could even do another episode on how you do real estate with no money down. Um, yeah. But <laughs> that could be one we do in a month or something like that. Because it got me thinking about that too, right? You get with $10,000, you're so close to that. Um, so I, I, I'm betting that on both of you guys' list is education. Is that right? education for the 10,000? No? Nope. Nope. Ari, was there was 10,000 years? A little bit of training. A little, a little bit of training. Yeah. I, I, so that was one thing I, I thought about, but I actually didn't put it on my list. So um, tax lien investing was my first one that I put on there. You can... What? <laughs> I never would have guessed that. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So basically you can buy in the States, like people who, um, I literally just interviewed someone about this yesterday for my other show. Um, but uh you can buy like, so people have back taxes, right? And you can basically buy that as a lien, right? It's a secured lien, right? So uh, say they owe like $2,000, you could buy that lien on the property and it could turn up, uh, uh, they have a certain amount of time to pay you back. You're guaranteed a certain interest rate, depending on what state and it's all different, um, but it could turn into a deed, right? You could get the deed if they don't redeem it in a certain amount of time. So you could buy, could turn into, excuse me, getting a property really cheap. Um, it could turn that way, but it is a way to just earn a good interest rate. I think like um, the interest rates in some of those states, quote me, I could be wrong here, but I think Texas is like 25% annual return on these tax liens. Uh, Florida, I think wow. is 20-ish. There's lots of uh, things. It's pretty passive, right? You're just, they should redeem or otherwise you have a lien on the house, right? Or you get the deed, depending on, it's all state specific. Everybody runs these things different, but basically it's a fairly secured product that you could you could invest in, right? Um, and it's one of the things that Canadians can do in the US as well. Um, another thing I thought about is you could wholesale um, with this. A lot of times uh, with when you're wholesaling, uh, people think it's a no money down business, but Typically, we've, we've talked about this a couple of times on the show where you're just getting properties under contract and then assigning the contract to somebody else. Um, but a lot of times there's an earning, earnest money deposit, like the deposit to tie up that property. So the $10,000 you could use to uh, tie up a few properties, right? Uh, maybe, I don't know, depending on what they have. Sometimes it's only $1,000 to tie up a property, uh, sort of 2000 depends on what you negotiate, right? But you probably got a bunch of them tied up for that and then reassign them and make quite a bit of money if you're good at it, right? It's a lot of work, but if you're good at it, you could do that with $10,000. Um, I was going to say that $10,000 is not enough to do a deposit for a house, even if you're doing financing. 
Um, I know we talk about 9,100 loans for 90% leverage, um, but still there's going to be fees and appraisals. And uh, I think that, that that's just, that's not really a way to go with $10,000. I think that's way too tight. Um, you could private lend, which may give you, uh, depending on who you're doing this with, it could give you some connections to some people or, you know, um, I'll, I, you could private lend me $10,000. I take them all the time and I just take a bunch of people and put them together. I just like Darcy though, I don't want that to be your last $10,000. I prefer it to be, oh, I have $10,000 that I'm willing to try on real estate. Uh, and I could pull you together with somebody else and do something with it. Um, and, you know, maybe we could work at a deal that you get first dibs on some other project or something. I don't know. But <laughs> um, those uh, are my, three really good ideas. Mm -hmm. I know. I wouldn't have thought of any of those. Um, this is kind of going into my like, you know, um, where I was saying at the start where you no money deal stuff. But if you have $10,000, the, the, the really, the best answer is find more money. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know what? People go, I don't have any more money. And I go, well, first question is, do you own a house? Because every house in like North America went up in value. You could get a line of credit on that house. You could refinance that house. Um, these are, this is another less desirable way to get money, but you do credit card advances. Um, usually in the spring, there's always the promotions that you can get 3% for a year on your credit card. I get them in the mail. I stack them up. I rarely use them, but I have used them to buy a house because if you're going to do a flip, sometimes you only need that money for less than a year anyway. So you can basically put it on your credit card at 3% and uh, that's a pretty good private loan. <laughs> do a flip, right? Uh, so that, that doesn't take a whole lot of money. Uh, and another thing is you could sell something. This is, this is kind of off the cuff to, to get more money, to make it a little bit into the next category, but sell something. And you see people, I don't have anything to sell. You know, people do. People who don't think they have anything, they have like that old lawn tractor, they have that boat, they have, they have stuff kicking around, they have collectibles, they have, everyone's got junk. I got you so much junk. Kidney. I know a guy in Macau that will take it. For a what? He wants a boat? A spare kidney. Oh, spare kidney. A guy in Macau, he's <laughs> I do. I do not have a spare one. I'm. I'm. I think I'm overusing both of them currently. By <laughs> having so many people visit me at my new house. <laughs> oh, what do you guys got for ideas? Those are what I was thinking for the ten thousand stuff. Wow, I wrote down all of these. These are things I would have known. I wouldn't have thought of. You know what? I I've tried this out. For for reference, my girls. I have three daughters. They're twenty two, twenty, and seventeen. So yeah. this is right where they're at. They have about $10,000 in savings from their first jobs and they put it aside. Um, so I, my advice for someone with $10,000 is invest in yourself. I think travel is a worthwhile thing to do with 10 grand. Take a trip, see a part of the world that you've never seen before. Because I never traveled until my wife's family uh, invited me with them to the Netherlands. And I only know how they did things in Western Canada. I've been across, you know, Saskatchewan, Alberta, BC, and Western Washington. That's the only part of the world I'd ever seen, except for California. And traveling and going to France and Germany and the Netherlands and other places in the world and seeing that intelligent people can do things totally different than you is an education. And you can do that with 10 grand. You can be gone for two to three months and see a part of the world. Go to Australia, go to New Zealand, um, see another part of the world and just keep your eyes open. Uh, I think that's a worthwhile 10 grand and I've encouraged my girls 
to do that. And all my friends' kids are, are about the same age and they turn gray when I tell them that they should not go back to university, take a year off and travel with 10 grand of their parents' money. But that's absolutely what I think that somebody should do with 10 grand. That's what I wish I would have done. I didn't. I'm the same way. I wish I would have done that. Like it's, I, I went, I'd been over to Germany and Czech Republic and a bunch of places over there, but I wish I'd done more of it. And I wish I did it when I was younger too. Absolutely. You're investing in yourself, you. And when you have a huge equity of health, uh, strength, vitality, you don't need sleep. You can sleep on the ground or in a chair. Guys with 58, I don't want to sleep on a bus chair anymore. I'm done with that. I have <laughs> done it until I was in my late 40s. Um, yeah. You're in your 20s. Go now. Go and blow 10 grand on yourself. Take a friend um, and uh, see what the world's like. Uh, so that's what I would recommend doing. Ori, what would you do? You came from there. So you came here. So maybe you don't want to go back. Yeah, I had, the, I had the seven grand to my name. And uh, yeah, what I did is I uh, I saved a bit and I invested the funds. And then uh, when I had enough, I, I per, uh, per bought my first property. Um, what I had written down is uh, invest in yourself as well in terms of education. Uh, we, we've talked about mentorship and finding a mentor. And we, we've given um, different ways to uh, what to look for. Ideally, somebody who's uh, walked the walk and uh, is now retired or somebody who's walking the walk still. And, um, and also, uh, so courses and a lot, of it, a lot of it is free. Most of the podcasts are free and you can educate yourself and then network. Network with other people because your network is your net worth and it doesn't cost that much money to go to networking events, meeting other entrepreneurs, other investors, and then maybe partner with others. You know, if you've educated yourself and you you've dove, you, you've, uh, you've educated yourself about a particular asset class, then that's valuable uh, knowledge you can bring as an equity partner. Uh, and also, uh, when you start investing, you can lean on, on past experiences, you know, because if you've been a project manager uh, in your, if you've been employed as a project manager, any, any experience you have can be considered as experience that's valuable and to some degree transferable into real estate. And, mm -hmm. and also along the lines of what Glenn was saying, um, through another group I know uh, in uh, commercial real estate, there was this guy who started very small by buying lots. Uh, he would buy empty lots and uh, sell them on contract. And, uh, and that's how he was able to generate passive income. He would buy. The, he would send random letters, letters to people, to the owners of. He knew. He could find out because it's it's in the U.S. You can find out who owns the lot, and you send a letter. He would just send offers, offers to purchase, and and often sometimes people would just fill them out and send them back to him. That's how he would buy lots, and um, and he would sell them on contract and uh, passive income because very often you know people who want to buy lots. Sometimes, you know, they, are limit, they have limited funds, and, but they can afford, you know, to pay a little bit every month. And that's the way he would, um, he would find clients. Oh, yeah. And then you could even sell or finance those lots, right? You exactly. Have, yeah, that's what I mean. Sort of yeah, sell or finance. I'm just like, I'll collect 50 bucks a month, but you can buy these lots for sometimes 300 or 500 bucks, right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Those are great ideas. So yeah. now, what, what can people do with 50 grand? Darcy, you want to start us off? Oh, okay. Since I am a former school teacher um, and with uh, less than 50 grand, I'm taking a master's degree right now at Royal Roads University. I'm a big fan of education. At 50 grand, you can get an undergraduate degree in commerce, in anything. 
uh, doesn't matter what it is, geography, urban planning, uh, art history, doesn't matter what it is. Again, it's investing in yourself. Uh, any degree you could get for 50 grand in Canada. In the US, that's about one semester, isn't it? I don't know, it's pretty expensive there. <laughs> but for our Canadian listeners, we have state uh, underwritten universities, which are world-class. For 50 grand, you could live on campus, get a four-year degree. Um, and I think it didn't matter what you take, it does not matter what courses you take, it's totally and completely worth it. 50 grand is what money will spend on yourself. That should be my 50 grand. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So what I thought for 50 grand and um, so one thing I thought was, uh, you know, do uh, it might be enough to do flips like uh, Glenn and I let Glenn talk to this. I was thinking also you can invest it in, in somebody else's syndication and that way you can learn about syndication all the while making money. You can see the documents to distribute, how much, how they distribute money, how they structure the deal, how they structure, you know, the general partner, the limited partner, all that, all these things. You can make money otherwise getting a educating educate an education in uh, in syndications uh, seeing you know firsthand how it's being done that was my uh, my main tip with 50k i had the same thing i have syndic investing in a syndication was on there too because i did the same thing i went and invested in a syndication because i you know it's one thing to just read the books and you know talk to some people who know how to do it but you know seeing the paperwork you know you actually got a copy of the paperwork right you yeah. you got to sit sit through the meetings you get to sit on all this stuff you can kind of be uh you know take your notes and be a fly on the wall like learn from this right and you still get to earn money throughout it right <laughs> so yeah um it could be uh depending on where, where you're buying uh that 50k could be a deposit on a house single family house duplex um some of my fourplexes I, they were like i bought them for 50 grand I, 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 my purchase price was 50 grand. Mind you, I need a renovation, right? So, but if you finance the renovation, you can do that, right? You could finance the purchase. So you could get into some of those sort of things too. Um, yeah. So you're starting to get into the area where you can actually do stuff. Um, some of my projects, which are, these are rare, um, but we can do cash purchase, renovation, the whole project for 50K, but I can there, those are the you know not common. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've I think we've done a few of them, but there's it's not common to go buy the the you know people like ask me uh, what's the cheapest house you bought? I'm like five thousand dollars for a duplex, and they <laughs> and they go what? But it, it, that's not common. I can't go if you're like well get me one for five k. I can't do that. They're rare. They're they're so rare. <laughs> they're so rare, and they usually need a good renovation too, right? But you know for fifty k, I think our the one we did for 5k, we did a 40k reno on it. So we were in it for around 45, right? So plus some, you know, carrying costs and setting up stuff, right? You know, um, utilities and stuff throughout, but yeah, you know, you're in that, you're in that range. And I think we're transitioning into the hundred K now and a hundred K to 50 K. I'm like, I was almost wondering if we should have had like half a mil in there instead of a hundred K because a hundred K and 50 K mm. it, doesn't buy you a lot of different stuff i don't know you maybe you guys have something else in there but um i, I was on ari's sort of talk about syndication it might be a point where um i know the syndicator that i worked with he liked to put a hundred thousand dollars of his own money into every property so that he could always say he has he's thinking about both perspectives right he has some skin in the game so he would go on the gp side and the lp side uh, and so that could be your thing, but you could do that same thing with 50 grand, right? You, whatever your minimum is, but I know, um, 
most syndications have a 50k minimum right uh i know there are some that they they do the friends and family one and they get around the rules um but it's usually it's a bad idea usually to have lower than that because you're gonna have so many people uh, so a lot of syndicators don't want that and they don't want the people to put their last penny in uh that <laughs> this is the ten thousand they have right um and uh with 100k you could do a cash flip you could definitely do uh you know purchase reno uh you know do the whole flip project you could do a burr project uh depending like you're not going to be doing that likely in florida unless you're in jacksonville right or the north right but you could do that in the Midwest, as long as you're basically not touching water. <laughs> you know, the either coast is going to be more expensive than that. Um, you might be able to do it in the South, depending where you are, right? Um, but anyway, that you you could start doing real real estate with 100k. What about you guys for 100k? Do you have anything different than your 50k? A, a little bit, and this is where I diverge a bit. I, I I should have said at 50k you could be one of my syndicators. That's our that's our sort of entry: 50, 100, 200. It, yeah. It's a bit arbitrary, but like Glenn says, um, someone who's put 50000 aside it, it has already got some fairly sophisticated financial planning going on because it's hard to put money aside. It's really hard. Yeah. Um, you either got an asset that's appreciated that you made a good decision on earlier or you're a great saver or you got a high-income job. Um, so I would have said for 50, you should maybe put it in with a syndication. But for 100, here's where it diverges. If you don't have your own home, you should because it's both a home and a backstop against a hedge against inflation. It's a savings for savings plan. It's a lot of those things. So if you don't, you should, if you already do, then you're already well down the road, hundred K you can do a lot with it. You can put with another group by that time you could be syndicating to buy fourplexes in Canada or an eightplex with some other people or part of a small apartment building with more than 14 or 20 units with hundred K with a few other people, you could manage that in, most Canadian citizens are not Toronto or Guelph, Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge, or London, or Kelowna, Kamloops, Calgary. I mean, even <laughs> places you could. You yeah. Vancouver and Toronto and the big three, and you're fine. You could put that money, you could really make it work. It'd be relatively safe. And if you put it together with three other people like yourself, uh, you'd never look back. Five years from now, you get all your money back, refinance, sale, and keep moving. Uh, you'd be well on your way. And I, I think by that point, you either have your own home or you're using this money to um, take on bigger projects. And you should. I think everyone should. Even if you're doing something else, even if you got indexed savings plans from your employer, you should have real estate. You're crazy not to, in my opinion. Yeah, I had something along those lines. I was also thinking in terms of, uh, yeah, 100K, we had it in there because I thought that's when you can really start uh, looking at starting your own portfolio. So like uh, Darcy says, you can buy your own home, but you can also, you know, I insist on networking. Networking is really important. Go to events, you know, you learn stuff and you meet people. And then we, you can find people to invest with and uh, like try to find like-minded entrepreneurs and investors. And with them, you can uh, pull the, the funds together for a down payment and buy your first property. And um, so I like the idea of creating, you know, your own little portfolio. Uh, and I think you can start with uh, with 100K. You can, there are areas you can do it in the US. And I know for smaller amounts, I, I didn't mention it earlier, but... Um, um, I dive a little bit into, so I know a little bit about mobile home parks and uh, one, one person I interviewed, uh, that's how they started. They started by 
buying, renovating, and uh, selling mobile homes. And uh, later on, they got into mobile home parks because you know they they get to to know the asset class, and uh, so that that was a good um, segue into mobile home park investing. And um, there are some smaller smaller mobile home parks uh, with uh, 10, uh, 10 yep. to 12 homes, and you can you can you can start investing in those. Yep. And there's actually, I think, less competition. You don't have the big guys don't even touch that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't even want it. <laughs> yeah. Not big enough. Yeah. Well, now, what about, what about what, one million dollars? <laughs> oh. I, I don't want to go first here because I think what I, whatever I say might squash you guys. <laughs> I, I would, you know, I'll go for a million. Um, at a million dollars, if you have a million dollars in investment cash, you won't have any shortage of ideas, but because it's a real estate show, I would definitely, you could get 50 to 60 units of multi-res with that. You could get a small plaza in a secondary market with that kind of money. Um, you you got lots of options. You could buy a trip mobile home park with 30 units in Canada. You could buy 60 units in a secondary or tertiary city. And that's got stability, it's got diversity, and it's virtually you know uh, recession-proof. Uh, that's not to say you wouldn't work hard. It's not like you're going to retire with 60 units, but you could get reasonable cash flow, probably 130,000 to 150,000 a year for the next 20 years if you were invested that million wisely, which would be 12% cash flow plus five to six percent equity every year plus three to four percent equity pay down in your mortgage. It's an easy way to get 22, 25% return annually after your third or fourth year. Uh, that's the core of my business. A million bucks, you could be doing what I'm doing. On a smaller scale, but it, you're there, you're set. Yeah, and I would say, uh, like you said, you know, you mentioned plazas. Yeah, you can start looking into commercial real estate, and uh, so that's a uh, that's a nice that's a nice place to be. Uh, you can look at uh, you know assets like industrial uh, that perform quite well. Small industrial. Uh, <coughs> has performed very well during COVID and, uh, and you know, now because of the evolution of uh, online shopping. Um, so that's an area you can invest in. And uh, yeah, and do the same, you know, and leverage, you know, you have 1 million, that's your down payment and then you buy something and then, you know, over time, you know, uh, you yeah. pay down the, the principal and then you refinance and then buy something else. And then you can look at multi-generational wealth and uh, for your children, your children's children, and um, if um, if uh, if you do it uh, properly, and it's uh, yeah, it's a different asset class uh, compared to um, multifamily. It's uh, it's an asset class that I, that I like. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Glenn? <clears throat> well, this is where I'm going with this. So somehow you got a million dollars, right? Mm -hmm. So um, where did you get this million dollars from? Yeah, keep doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you generated a million dollars by running a subway, maybe you should buy another subway, but maybe hire a manager to, to delegate, take you out of this business. You're right. If you're doing whatever you did to get the million dollars. And the other thing is, I saw this in one of the Facebook chats, someone put the question, what would you do if you had a million dollars? Well, if you're a real estate investor with a million dollars, what would you do? And the, the overwhelming response was, how did you get to a million? Wouldn't you have reinvested it long before you got to a million dollars? Yes. Like right. a, a real estate investor rarely is holding onto a million dollars. I don't hold a million dollars. As soon as I sell something or something, I'm hungry to reinvest this money. It, it, the only way you get a million dollars is if you sold a building 
that gave you a one check for a million dollars. That's the only way I'll ever have a million dollars in one handful. Because if I had 10 houses to sell to like at a hundred thousand dollars each, by the time the second or third one is done, I would have reinvested it in something else. I wouldn't have the million dollars ever because I'd be putting it back in, right? I don't keep the money, right? Um, and that's where I was going. Um, Darcy, or Ari, you look like you're going to say something. I, I, yeah, I, have another... I, I I'm thinking because I, uh, you know, some of my investors are entrepreneurs, and they they're so focused on their business, they all their time is spent in the business, and yeah, you know, after a while, money accumulates in the bank account, and uh, so that's how. But they... I, I don't think that you should start something new. If you know know something I think, that I would diversify for sure. Well, you could diversify. But like, if you're like, hey, I'm a good, good at running businesses and creating businesses, maybe create a business, right? Or maybe a more passive business. But if you're a real estate guy, do real estate. Um, maybe you could try some, you know, I'm going to go into some Airbnbs or something more fun that I can get some personal use out of or something. But I don't know. I, I'd say, why would you risk it all on something completely different than what you know? Because there's got to be something you knew to get there. Um, well, people want to diversify, you know? Yeah. Um, well, that's the thing too, is even as I get more properties, it I'm building myself a new prison of work, right? I have a whole bunch of people I report to. So but it, it does sound sexy to just be like, why don't I just private lend the whole thing and then I don't have to deal with people? Because you eliminate the fewer people involved, the fewer problems. Because in real estate, you based on paper, they pay this much rent, mortgage this much, it's whenever you start complicating everything with people. People are unpredictable. People don't do what they're said they're going to do. People change everything. <laughs> you start involving property managers and contractors and tenants, and it turns into a complicated, stressful mess sometimes. So, um, yeah, maybe it might be something to diversify into something like, like the same thing. Say you had a million dollars, you can invest in someone else's syndication, right? Or uh, maybe diversify into, you don't put a million dollars into one syndication. Maybe you invest in 10 syndications, right? And uh, you diversify yourself in different markets. So you have some in Canada, some in the US, some in big cities, some in little cities, some in different kinds of markets, some in swing states, some in flat states. And you kind of diversify that way and you don't have to do anything. You just collect the checks. Um, you do private lending. Um, I had a guy on my show that he would just, uh, he would collect buy properties really cheap and then um, seller finance them out. He was solving a problem for other people and uh, it was very passive. He'd set up a, a note. He'd have a note collection agency set the whole thing up uh, and he'd make a ton of money. He'd, he'd try to make his money back in two years, right? Because uh, he buys it for this, sells it for a higher amount, loan differences, right? You know, different rates. Uh, you borrow money on the first one, borrow money on the second you know, just, oh, this one's at, even if the first one was at a higher rate, like what you purchased it at, it was say at 8%, but you were seller financing it to some investor at uh, 5%, uh, 5 you'd say, oh, you're losing money. No, but the one loan is uh, you bought the property for 30 and you're seller financing it for 60, right? And so you can make the difference, right? Anyway, you can get creative with all kinds of stuff, just private lending and being on that side of the thing. There's a huge demand. People have trouble with financing. If you have money, you can solve the problem for somebody else and be pretty passive. But, uh, you know, think about your loan to values and what kind of risk you're willing to take on personally. <laughs> wow. No, you're right. That, it, that's, if someone could save a million dollars, they got something going on. That's pretty good. No, you're right. Not in real estate, but if they're doing it through Subway sandwiches, two more of that. 
Yeah. And if we're doing, um, I'm not going to touch it now, but I still have about 10 notes on how to do it with no money. So I think we should do a whole episode. On that. Yeah. And there's, we can, oh, I won't go into it now, but there's so many ways that you can, you know, leverage your way into stuff without any money. You're not even doing real estate yet, right? Just now there's so much, there's so much stuff to do. And like you think about this, we covered 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 and a million. And basically we could have fit every single thing that could possibly be real estate into one of those categories. <laughs> so th this could have been like a three hour show. We could have been like, okay, every single thing. Um, okay. Oh, I never, I just, just popped in my head for 10,000. You could do subject too. You could take on someone else's finance. Someone else I had financing. You could uh, take basically the, the, the mortgage. They, they could hold the mortgage for you. You just keep the mortgage in their name yep. change title of property. That's cheap too. Yep. I don't know. Okay, yeah, I think, uh, there were lots of ideas in today's show, and uh, uh, I think, uh, yeah, we've answered the question, what can you do with the <laughs> amounts, and uh, so thank you everybody for tuning in, and uh, if you want us to cover your question during the show, feel free to email your question at advancedreitalk at gmail.com, it's advancedreitalk at gmail.com, and we'll be happy to cover it during the show. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody.